Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello, it's podcast 69. Well, let's got that out of the way. My name is Victor, loves his custard Marland. And I'm Sean, insert hilarious name here, Holly. You weren't supposed to read that it's... out like that. Oh, oh, goodness. All right, yeah. And I'm Sean, uh, in your face, Holly. That's not hilarious, though, is it? It's normal. Sorry, Vic. Do you want to, do you want to start again or just carry on like no one's... Just carry No one will ever notice. No. You're editing it, so it doesn't matter. I am, aren't I? I forgot that. Right, this is some of the things I have been up to lately. Right, some of the positive things first. Mm. I've been trying to fix up my rest, the restoration for the ISIS cabinet I got from the Aberdeen clearance. Yeah. The little cab. I'm not going to touch battle zone yet. I'm going to get the, the sub-electro done first. So I made a new control panel for it. Mm-hmm. And I shall put a picture in the show notes of it as well. Is that like the show notes, but a bit more sort of the jazzier, pop, jazzier ones? Jazz notes. I use some reclaimed in brackets stolen material, which is there's a sign writing company next door to my work, and they they throw out a lot of uh, old material they don't need, all the bits they cut out. And when they do all these big massive letters out of plastic for you know the sides of buildings and, and hoardings and all that lot, yeah, they leave this this different material, these different colours of it. The one I got was black, but it's it's three mil perspex, black perspex, covered either side with one mil thick aluminium, which is covered again with some sort of black laminate. So it makes a very stiff but very soft material. So you can right. cut it quite easily, but it's quite stiff to use for control panels, and oh, it so- works a treat. Mm. absolute treat it's about three mil thick in total three three and a half mil thick it's got a very nice shine one side and also made a wooden a new wooden panel to go underneath it because the old one was warped quite badly i've also added a servo stick to it because i'm gonna have four and eight way switchable within the control panel inside yeah and i'm gonna have a small service panel inside the coin door for the monitor adjustments as well and also the four eight-way buttons and the test and service buttons mm-hmm. so it's all coming together Brilliant. I'll, pop a, I'll pop a volume control in there as well i reckon as well Mm. also bonded a bit of the front door because there's a bit of damage on it and covered the whole front of the cab the top bit underneath the control panel the coin door and also the the bottom door there's a door underneath there there's like a sort of panel underneath it as well so i've done all that in the same sort of stuff it looks really neat and just before recording this morning which is the saturday we're recording a day early today because i've got Kervip coming round. Ben and Kerry come round for the weekend, Sunday and Monday. Kervip. Kervip. That's what I call them. Kerry and Vip. About very. Doesn't really work as well, does it? Mm-hmm. They'll be married soon, so we Mr. and Mrs. Vippy. Vippy. That'll do. Yeah. So they're coming around. So I was trying to get everything sorted out in the garage. So I was uh, in there tidying, hoovering, moving stuff, getting rid of all the junk. And I thought I'd try a few of the machines to make sure they're all okay. Opened up a small world of fail. <laughs> right. So fail number one. I turned the Asteroids Mini on uh, to have a quick game. So I played it for a while. Thought I'd have a quick go of it. 
a really weird garbled display, almost like a sort of drippy display on it, sort of. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So I popped into test mode quickly. I give it a thump on the side, make sure it's nothing, just something simple. Popped into test mode, and it's got a horrible crosshatch pattern on there. We're a disjointed crosshatch when it should have like a nice geometric diamond on there to test the monitor out. Yeah. So, I don't know what's going on there. I think it might just be a dry joint or something. So, I have to pull the monitor out of the front of it and give it a going over, but I'll do that at a later date. I'm not doing it at the moment. Right. Fail number two. Oh. Turn, oh, yeah, a few. Turn the Donkey Kong Jr. on and no sound. Mm. None at all. Silent apes. This does this from time to time. There's a dodgy sound cable going from the PCB to the soundboard on the monitor. I think there's a break in the wires, so I just fumbled around inside with the wires and the sound's now working again. But I will fix that problem permanently very soon i'll replace the wire i think i think it's a break in the actual inside the wire yeah which is just gets brittle from time i think so on to failure number three. Oh my word go on yeah turned on the vertical pony with to- toidles in there toidles mama toidle toidle no sound oh. i have a mute pony <laughs> well i thought this was going to happen because the minus five volt rail on the ponies on both of the ponies switching power supplies was failing I tried them a little while ago and couldn't get a reading on them at all. They were coming like minus oh, oh something volts. And some games don't need minus five volts, and some do. So you'd never notice it on certain games. And I've got Kung Fu Master in the horizontal one. It doesn't use minus five, so you don't notice it. Mm. Well, actually, it's a little bit fuzzy, so maybe that is affecting it. I don't know. The sound's a little bit fuzzy on there. So I actually had a brand-new switching power supply right next to the machine, which I bought for that job i thought i'd leave it there until you know in time i can get on to do it and now i did it did it this morning pulled the machine out took the thing apart a little bit took all the wires off replaced the power supply i had to mess about a little bit inside with some of the wiring which i will save for a tech tip in the future because this is actually a mains wiring tip which is oh, quite yeah. handy because people are a bit scared of big volts sometimes mm. and i am but i sorted that out and i uh, got the correct ac voltage on there and it works lovely now I even managed to tidy up some of the internal wiring because there's a few bits and bobs in there I used for an old main setup and I didn't need any more. So I pulled right. it all out. So it's all nice and tidy inside. All right. That's so I've got good. a few little jobs done and the, and the arcade looks nice and neat again. There's a few, there's three machines in there not working, four machines in there now not working. Terrible as that. There's Jetfire, which has never got, I've never got going. Mm. The Battle Zone project, which is obviously a project, so it doesn't work. The. Some electroisis project, which is obviously getting restored at the moment. And now the asteroids, damn it. Oh, no. Oh, I hate it when machines don't work. But, you know, they're, they're minor failures. I think I'll probably sort them out reasonably easily. You'll get it sorted. I hope so. Well, I have not actually had much of an arcade time at the moment for the first time in ages. Yeah, you've been busy. Now you can have a bit mm. of a rest. Yeah, I went to see my family in Northamptonshire. 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 Had a nice weekend with uh, my mum and stepdad and brother and niece and step. No, hang on. Daughter in law. No. What's the thing? Sister in law. Yeah, that's the one. I'm not very good at them things. Yeah, so I had a really good time there. I've been working hard as well. But guess what, Vic? What? I'm now off work for a week. How dare you? So, um... Oh! Ow! Oh, my I haven't teeth. got a week off. I have got Monday off, though. Oh, really? Nice. nice. I'm going up to Whitby next week, North Yorkshire. Are you? Yeah, it's a nice place. It, I've been to Whitby. It's uh, very picturesque. Mm, it is, isn't it? Loads of goths hanging around there. Careful. Y- you'd like it. I've been there before. Yeah, it is nice. Twice a year they have a goth weekend. I was there for the goth weekend, uh, totally by accident. 
yeah. We went up there and we thought, there's a lot of goths around here. And we realised it was a, we have a whole week of it because yeah. that's apparently where Dracula came into the UK. Mm. Yeah, so um, it was quite fun, actually. They've got some real good chip shops there. They have, yeah. And the, the I think there's like an, an old ruined abbey right on the top of it. It's up a hill. It's really nice up there. Go there. Yes, yeah, Lovely, nice. especially in the sunny weather. It's lovely, lovely. Yep. So this afternoon, because this is Saturday, this is Saturday happening. Saturday today. It's happening in real time as we speak, Saturdays. Yep. Saturday Shire. So I'm going to the Batcave this afternoon. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Well, it'll be about five o'clock. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to slip in a quick visit to the Arcade Club Ooh, before so I go away. Bat Club? What, what event have they got on tonight? You usually have an event on. This time it is a tournament on the King of Fighters 14. The King of Fighters? Ah! So it's not very retro, but everything else there is retro, so it'd be really good. Is 14 the newest one? I think it is. Oh, there's lots of them, isn't there? I bet there's 14. No, there's more than that. Ha 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 ha! Oh, it's King of Fighters 2000, I think, and stuff like that. Mm. And there's some odd ones in between. There's loads, massive franchise. Yeah. So that I'm really looking forward to that because Lewis puts a lot of work in, and it'll be a very good time. And I shall report on it in the next podcast. I would think that lad puts on some good events. I've been to one. They're ace. Ace. They have loads of Haribo there. It's brilliant. Oh, he's got loads, yeah. Sugared and lagered up by the time you come out of that. Properly sugared and... That sounds wrong. (laughs) Sure, I'll be sugared and lagered. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, I've got uh, Ben and and Kerry coming down tomorrow, so that'll be fun. We're going to do some stuff at the BFI. Mm. And I can tell you now, it's a bit of a secret, but you won't hear this till Tuesday. We've done it by then. We're going to take them to the Hawksmoor Monday morning, which is a really cool steak place. And they do they breakfast... There, we're going to go there early for breakfast on the Monday because it's only open in a week. And they do bacon that's three quarters of an inch thick. It's that thick. Oh, is that not it's, gammon? No, it's actually it's huge bacon. Wow. It's one of the best breakfasts in the country, honestly. It's really good. And we're going to take him there. He'll freak out. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Next time I come down, can you take me there? No, because it'd be a week. It'd be, it's got to be in a week. All right. If you come in a week one day, yeah, could do. Ah. Otherwise, you'd get the uh, rubbishy old beef eater up the road. <laughs> All you can eat. Yeah. Shall we do some arcade news? Have you got some news for me, sir? Well, actually, it's been a bit of a slow week for news. I've got some links that I, we can share. Okay. I've got a little bit of news. Okay. This first one. Taser footage? I don't like the sound of that. Not taser, teaser. Oh, sorry. Oh, tea, I like tea. Taser footage is a lot more painful than teaser footage. It's from an unfinished documentary about collectors of coin-ops, and it's from 2009. Some guy put it on his Facebook page, but it never materialised. It's just a little five-minute YouTube clip. Have a look at that. That's interesting. I bet it would have been a good documentary. don't need to, because I've seen it already. I remember that. Well, I'm not sure if I remember when it came out, but I remember that bit of footage maybe later on. And it looked to be quite promising, but has it been abandoned now then? Yeah, I think it has. That's a shame. Because yeah. had some good good American collectors in there. I think they had the one the one area I remember seeing, I think it was Luna City. Yeah. There was a guy in America who had a really massive collection and a, just almost like, it was like the best arcade you could ever imagine. It was his own collection, private collection. And I think there was some sort of dispute with his, his marriage, his divorce. And I think the wife ended up getting custody of the machines. I can't remember. It got ruined, basically, and I think got sold oh. off. And, yeah, shame. 
Ooh. What other news you got for me? Better news than that, hopefully. The secret message hidden on Sega's arcade bags. <laughs> this That's stretching it a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Sega in Japan, they give away, when you win something in one of their UFO catcher bags, what we call, UFO catchers, sorry, what we call crane Rabbits. grabbers, yeah. Rabbits. They call them UFO catchers. It looks like it looks like a UFO catching stuff. Yeah, that's basically what it is. They've got loads yeah. of them in Japan. They're everywhere. And there's like kind of little dots and dashes above the Sega logo on these plastic carrier bags. And someone's decoded it. Says actually, yeah, it's Morse code. Yeah. And guess what the message is on it? It's something like, "This is not a game of skill. It's a game of chance, or something." It says yeah. U- UFO catcher is not a vending machine. That's what it says on it. Exactly. You don't put your money in and expect to get something out. You put your money in, you try your skill and your chance, and you may get a prize. And the ones in Japan are they're not as fixed as the ones we, we think of. You do right. actually you can actually win stuff in Japan. Mm. The the ratio of, of loss to win is is a lot lower. Mm. So you, oh. you win more in them. Yeah. People some people in Japan have got a book upstairs and it explains a lot about Japanese arcades, all sorts of areas of the arcade. And one of them is this lady who's an expert UFO catcher. She's won, like, tons and tons of prizes. There's some times when she went to the arcade, she had to take a taxi home to take all her prizes home where they shed that many. Mm. So there is a skill to it, I think. Yeah, it's just a shame. It's just that boring message. You think they could have sort of... Yeah, jazzed it up a wee bit. Yeah, like a little hidden message like, Outrun was made by Martians. Something like that to get you interested. It wasn't? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Anyway, oh, you've got some news here, Vic, about Sky Cursor. Yes, I had this from Phil Kolobish. Official Sky Cursor release notes. This is the first of many updates designed to directly address the player and operator feedback we received since our alpha launch and crushes all known game-breaking bugs. So, Sky Cursor update 16.7.10. New, fe- new gameplay features. A beautiful new track mode sequence that helps bring context to the Sky Cursor story. Player death triggers an explosion that kills enemies with a blast radius. This helps the player recover when dying in large enemy swarms. Wi-Fi capability has been introduced via the operator menu. We will begin shipping Wi-Fi adapters very soon. Wireless game updates and global high scores are coming. Balance updates. The shotgun bullet spread and reach distance have been reduced significantly. Gaki tentacle wind-up for whiplash is twice as long. The player's jet moves 20% faster when the Vulcan cannon minigun is equipped. The minigun has gained a half-second heavy burst shot upon button press. Player invulnerable twice as long upon death. So now some bugs have been squashed or defects fixed, and these are game-breakers, these three. Mission 2, the helicopter glitch that causes an error screen. Uh, Gameplay pause during continue sequence. And enemies never come after first carry during mission 1. A track mode per level limited to 30 seconds of play. Julio and Cesar, death bug. Skycursor defeats them, but they don't fall off screen. (laughs) Sebastian anchor bug. Boomerang springing anchor stays on screen sometimes for 10 seconds. So, as always, thanks a ton for your continued support and holler with questions. Peace, Phil, Chris, and Brad. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I did notice as well, Arcade Japan, our friend Ross, who sells all the arcade parts, yeah. based in London, the website's down at the moment. I'm not sure why, personal reasons. 
Uh, I'll try and find out for next time what's going on. But uh, yeah, we won't be able to buy anything from them for a little while, which is a bit of a shame because he's oh, a good seller. Mm. I'm sure he'll be back up though. I think he's just reconstructing himself. Right. I hope his arm hasn't fell off. <laughs> yeah, we've got the making of Galaxian Three video, which is a Japanese video on Yaochaub. On Yaochaub. Yeah, it's over on the DLF forums at the minute, obviously, because Bruno would be well into this video, wouldn't he? Yes, because he's actually got one. He's one of the only people I know in the world who's got one. Yeah. Galaxian Theatre. And I've just skipped through it because I've only just found the link, and and it's like right right behind the scenes, how they do the graphics, even to the building of the actual unit. Wow. Mm. There couldn't have been that many of those things made in the world, surely. Uh, Yeah, I bet. I bet. Is there a whole room? Yeah. Is Is it six players... Four laserdisc players, stuff like that. I think it is six player. It's immense. I would take a guess, and maybe two hundred were made, even less. What do you think? Yeah, less than that. I think mm. it was a huge thing. I think there was, wasn't there, a wing of an arcade somewhere that was a whole, a whole block of a whole floor of an arcade. It was thirty six players or something stupid. Was it? Oh, it's something crazy like that. I can't remember now. Hopefully, Bruno will get on to us and tell us a bit more about it. I'd love, well, hopefully one day we'll go to Europe and go and see Bruno. Mm. Is he in Bel- I think he's in Belgium. Yeah. We'll go and see him and I'll play that. Oh, it sounds amazing, though. It does sound good. Mm. So can I do the quick, the quick sting for this? Go on. Not Arcade News. Yes, this is Not Arcade News, as Vic has said in a strange voice. Hmm. This is really good. The Vectrex 32 project, which is actually... 32 Vectrexes? Oh, no, no, just one. You get this cartridge, you Mm -hmm. plug it into your side of your uh, breakfast, you plug it into your breakfast, take it out your breakfast, clean it off, plug it into your Vectrex. Ah, your Vectrex. (laughs) Yeah. The way you were going with that. And it's got a USB lead that fits into your computer and you can program your Vectrex with a kind of a basic type language. But the thing is, this thing acts as a kind of merely like an input-output module for the Vectrex. So all the the game is running on the cartridge and just using the screen and the controller of the Vectrex, right? Yeah. This allows it to use the full power of the cartridge, which is a 200 megahertz processor, 30, 2 meg flash, 512K RAM, which is like millions more than the original oh, God, Vectrex. Yeah. So you can have amazing games running on the Vectrex. You can get all the games ever released for the Vectrex on that in the memory, for goodness sake. Yeah. Wow. That sounds pretty interesting. So it's probably, I suppose, homebrew people are going to release a load of games and people with these cartridges can play them. Oh, no. But I would imagine at I'll some point... i have to point, buy one. Yeah. I would imagine at some point that there'll be games released on these cartridges... That, that take advantage of it. There's a little video there to show you. It's very clever. How it's, they're just basically using the Vectrex as a screen and controller. I've got two things to say to you about this. Go on. Star Wars. Yeah. Major Havoc. Yeah. On the Vectrex. Oh, yeah. Because <gasps> I don't think the Vectrex would have been powerful enough to do all those calculations before. Mm. But with that thing... Ooh, I wonder if the screens will be up to all the, all the moving parts and everything, the moving graphics. Mm. Ooh, I'll have to see. That sounds interesting, though. Really interesting. I love my Vectrex. Yeah, where the video shows a Lunar Lander kind of game working. Oh, I'll have to and look at about... I, haven't seen, I, I did know about the Vectrex 32 because I saw it on the Facebook page, mm. but I haven't seen that video yet. I'll have to look at that. It Excellent. looks really good. Oh, yeah, I like it. And here's one that I know you already know about, Pac-Man Remake on the Atari 2600, but it's not like the newer version, which I think I've seen. Mm. Someone's done it in 4K. 
Oh, wow. Which is like the original cartridge was done in 4K, and it's so much better. It looks so much more improved. You still get the flicker because, obviously, the processing power. Yeah, yeah. But it looks really good. When I first saw when it said Pac-Man Remake on 26, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about the remakes. And it said in 4K, I thought, oh, wow, it's going to be in HD. <laughs> I didn't realise what you're on about. What an idiot I am. Yeah, this is from Arcade USA, which is Willie, who's an excellent podcaster. Yes. It's one of his videos. But I watched the video of it, and it looks good. And I think, does it use the same... Because, obviously, the, the, the shape of the screen and the shape of the pixels on a 2600, you can never have any round any round graphics. So the, the palettes are still sort of quite a lot elongated. Yeah. But it are. does play a lot better. And you've got the full coloured ghosts as well, the proper coloured ghosts rather than just the, the white ghosts following you around. Yeah. And the music's better. The game is just a ton better. And it's a shame they could not have done it back then. But I mean I I quite like Atari twenty six hundred Pac-Man. It's 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 a maze game, but it isn't Pac-Man. But it was all right. It's so a this bad one's rap, really, doesn't it? Especially in four four kilobytes. So that's amazing. Excellent. Yeah, there's a lot, of, lot of story about how you know the pressure that the guy was under to make it in a certain. Well, yeah, he did it in about half an hour, didn't he, or something? Yeah, a yeah. couple of weeks. It wasn't very long. Mm. You think they would have thrown a bit more time into that being a multi-million pound game, multi-dollar <laughs> yeah. game? Yeah, like. probably had to come out for some holiday period, didn't it? Yeah, it is a good one. The barber has been found. Do you, uh, have, do you have any idea what I'm on about? The barber has been found. I looked at this just before we started, yeah. Mm. And it's a Dreamcast advert. It was around 99 to 2000 and something. Yeah. And it was an advert of these dueling barbers at a barber's shop. Mm. And it was something... I watched the video and I looked at it and thought, what's that got to do with Dreamcast? Nothing. <laughs> it hasn't, has it? No. But the Dreamcast junkyard, our mate Tom... He's. They've tracked this guy down. The guy who played the barber. He's a French guy. He's an old old man. There's a like loads of stills of him, and it was like the the face of Dreamcast throughout Europe, really, F- for months. It was on all the posters. This guy sort of leaning over the back of a barber's chair with a Dreamcast. So that's why so important. I see. I couldn't remember that. I remember. Mm. The, I still, I think I remember the advert. But do you know what? Mm. I won't mess with him. <laughs> I remember speaking to Tom last year at play manchester so it must have been last october yeah and he had the a big banner up with this guy on it and he said i remember speaking to him and he said i'd love to know who that guy is and he's obviously spent a year tra- <laughs> tracking him down and some french listener of the dreamcast junkyard this guy, oh, I know the him. podcast has, has actually put him onto him there's an interview yeah the guy's an actor and a comedian apparently yeah i like things like that like big big quests big retro quests yeah totally meaningless but awesome yeah <laughs> well done tom and and team okay that's not much much news but mm. slow news week yeah anyway let's go and do some pickups shall i go first you go first what pickups have you got I see you've got loads there. How many have yeah, you got? Yeah, here we go. Is that it? Yeah. Oh. I haven't had many myself, you know. That's unusual. Yeah. I've had some really dull stuff, actually, but I'll, I'll run through it. Oh, actually, some good stuff, but it's not arcade-related, and some dull stuff. We'll do the dull stuff first. Go on. I bought myself a wire. Yay! <laughs> wire? Not any old wire. This is an expensive wire. It is a female skirt 
to BNC adapter. And what it does is I've got two SCART leads for my computers. I've got a Spectrum Plus 2 SCART lead, RGB SCART lead with sound. Mm-hmm. And I've also got, you know, I got a BBC B the other day. Yeah. That came with a SCART lead as well that the lovely Mark Hazeman gave me with it. But I haven't got a SCART TV in the games room to use on it. And my PVM model, my Sony Triniton PVM, has got BNC connectors around the back, red, green, blue, sync. So I got a, an adapter that goes from SCART to BNC. So I can use my Spectrum Plus 2 and my BBC B on this monitor now. And it is mm. absolutely beautiful picture. Oh, it's beautiful. so nice. Those These PVMs, if... Any listeners out there want to play console games or even put, even pop one in an arcade machine if they want, try and get hold of a Sony BVM or a PVM. They come in 5-inch, 8-inch, 14-inch, and 20-inch, and they're, they're just the best monitors ever. They used mm. to use them in TV production as the, you know, the sort of little monitors for the cameras and stuff. Yeah. And they are really good. And the one I've got works NTSC, PAL, RGB... AV, S video, loads and loads of different inputs. But that wire was nineteen pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, it was quite expensive. I just bit the bullet. I could have made one myself, but it wouldn't be as, as as neat, and it probably wouldn't have worked as well. So I just bit the bullet, bought it, and it's absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. Mm, I've seen uh, games running on a PVM monitor, and like you say, they are amazing. I bet you, I bet you, the Batcave have got some. Yeah, well, that's where I saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So the other um, ones I've got, not. Strictly, well, they're not arcade, but they're, they're gaming and well, sort of arcade. I also got some packages from Jim and Chris, Binary Star. So they sent me their games, and I got Nox, which was the, the, the sprint-type game on the Vectrex, mm-hmm. and Death Chase. It comes in the same package. It's got artwork one side for Death Chase, and on the other side, it's got the Nox artwork. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. Let me just quickly show you it. Let's have a look. Oh, someone get it from over here. Oh, bump, bump. So that's Death Chase. Oh, it does look good. That looks really good. And we'll link this to the, their website. And Knox on the other side is that as well. Cool as that. Uh, I did see that at Revival, actually. I really like that Knox logo. Is I think it's really well done. Do you know what this is, though? It's this is mine. <laughs> and also, also, you remember when we did Space Launch a long time ago? Launched into space? And we said, oh, can someone make us one on the Vectrex? And then Chris went off and made it. Look, look, oh, product. Look at that. This is a tiny little box with a cartridge in Space Wars and, and Space Launcher, sorry, in Galaxy Wars. And absolutely brilliant. He sent one for me and one for Sarge of both. And I've sent him one of the Vectrex controllers, number three, because he liked it. So he is the, the first owner of a Vectrex controller. I haven't even got one yet. Mm. I've got one down there, but it's not wired up. So yeah, we've got those. But you know what he needs to do now? Now he's actually produced those and got them out, and he's selling them. You know what he needs to do now? A nice vertical shooter. No, Cosmic Allen for Vectrex. That is a vertical shooter. Let me, let me just let me just do it properly. Mr. Chris Binary Star, can you please make us Cosmic Allen for Vectrex? Thank you. It's <laughs> done. It'll be done in about three months, I expect. Excellent. Cool. That is the only pickups, though, mate. I think I haven't bought anything for arcade for a little while. Well, that's good news. Save your money. Yeah, but I want to spend it on arcade stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving straight along. Let's get some feedback done. Feedback. feedback. 
Gary James Harris, Bobby Hazelnuts and Peter K. Mann Sweden all welcomed the new podcast with open ears. Meaning they said, you know, they gave us feedback like, brilliant, you know, excellent. Yay! 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 Woo! Thanks, guys. Bing. Vip. He actually got 38,220 on Crazy Balloon, which would have placed him first if the dumbass had remembered to post it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he would have won that. He has won it, really, hasn't he? Well, we go with the Charlie Far. Charlie Far gets everything. Mm. Oliver Alpha won. Listening to the podcast while writing technical documents. <laughs> crazy Balloon rules, you heathens. I have to say, I'm absolutely devastated that you thought Crazy Balloon was crap. Once the balloon oh. movements click, it's such an enjoyable game. And being able to go through the green and purple high score areas, you should be able to hit 2,000 points just by clearing level one this way. I'm interested to know what others that played 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 it thought of it. Maybe it's a Marmite game. We've got a bit more feedback later uh, down this list that mm-hmm. people have said that they actually like it. I know others love it. It's in my top ten for sure. Yes, I, I, I have not won. Oh, yeah, I've not won, but two Taito Missile X machines that we talked Ooh. about last time. The PCB has just been fixed by P-Man for one of them. He had to reverse engineer an analog circuit chip thing. Official yeah, one of them, definitely. Official name for it, we found it from stealing top secret plans from the basement of Taito that had failed and the parts were unobtainium. Yeah, these weird ones, yeah. Yeah. The PCB controls flasher bulbs inside the mirrored play area like Space Invaders, but with the diorama is far more advanced than the moon backdrop. Yeah, it's a, it's a very clever game. Mm. It has multiple depths, so the jeeps and other vehicles drive in front and behind the physical objects mirrored into the monitor awesome see i couldn't see that on the video that i saw so there's like layers to it that yeah. the, the flasher bulbs help with effects and make it even more cool if anyone has an interest i don't need to so the other one is available Ooh. i'm not certain but pretty confident 70 to 30 that midway copied taito only because they licensed western gun and gunfight as gunman and boot hill yeah because midway released it as guided missile didn't they yeah, they copied each other all the time back then. Yeah. Information from this pairing is sparse at best, but I would imagine Taito would have had some interest in Midway developed games also. So someone must have gone the other way, as it were. Some must have gone the other way. The Universal Cosmic series is totally awesome. Some games Agreed. are hit- <laughs> Some games are hit and miss, but as we can all agree, the cabinet artwork is freaking awesome. It is. Mm, yeah, definitely. I personally would love to get a Cosmic Avenger in Snapjack. Have you played that Snapjack? That is Snapjack's just... bizarre. I used to play that. That was a chip shop game when I was a kid. Never played it real in real life. But I oh, played I it on main. Very but strange. The thing is, right, when I was a kid, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it one way. We'll talk about it. it. Go and play Snapjack, kids. It's fun. But when I was a kid, I didn't even question how weird it was. I just thought, oh, yeah, you've got a, you're this thing with really long legs with wheels, and you go up and down eating stuff. Didn't even question it. Just yeah, that's normal. Mm, Nowadays, well, why why has he got like, why is he a trolley with wheels and why is he going up and down? Eh? It's bizarre, but it's a lot of fun. Mm. Stupid game, but I like it. Another one Ollie would like is Cosmic Monsters. The upright is crazy. One three three seven. That that means something. It means elite. Oh, elite, brilliant. Okay. See, I'm down with kids. Down with kids. I've got a Cosmic Monsters PCB. Mm. Really good little uh, Space Invaders clone. 
I think it's the outside bit he wants. Mm, yeah, definitely. With, with all colours on it. To finish, kids just got in the way. He's, he's new kids. He's one new kid. Oh, yeah, he's got, he's got small people. Small people. I did play Crazy Balloon, but it takes a while to get used to the balloon movements. Yeah, like 29 years. Yeah. My best Crazy Balloon score was around Alex, Alex's house, circa 19 thousand so i got b anyway looking forward to the next one chats by the way thunder cross isn't one of konami's best you said it mate i disagree we, mm, talk we'll, about later. we will disagree later on oh, i like it when we disagree it's good isn't it mm. <laughs> hooray banana eric crazy balloon is a cracking no it isn't cracking game i had it on my arcade competition last year top three scores were 53 720 50,490 and 40,160 wow top blame by his students i think the coating on the leaf switches is copper oxide remember we were talking about the oxidization on leaf switches yeah i was struggling to find the word oxidization it's not a rust it's an oxidization it goes like a greenish color mm. and it builds up and as the copper oxidizes, it hits the oxygen. It's the copper equivalent of rust. I'm finding that this is something that really affects connectors on old machines. I ended up recrimming every single connector on Gorf because it was so oxidized. Right. He showed me a picture. It was just a green lump with some wire on the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for reminding me of that word. Mm-hmm. This is from Charlie Farr. Really enjoyed the podcast. I'll see what I can do about doing a Cosmic Allen video. Only yes. if I can crack 100,000, though. <laughs> like you said, the aliens are our absolute gits from level 11 onwards. Yeah, level 11 Allens aren't nice. Mm. Chris Fantasia 2. Excellent podcast as ever. Another game with four directional buttons you forgot about is Space Zap. We did mention Space Zap. Did we? They are sort of controllable buttons because it controls where your gun points. Mm. You're not actually moving with them. So, yeah, sort of. Yeah, we did say that one, I think. I've had a quick go on the next game. I'm glad we finally got a shooter again. We'll be posting a score for this one after not bothering with Crappy Balloon after a couple of goes. <laughs> Crappy Balloon, is that its official name now? Crappy Balloon. Oh, yeah, it could be. Do you know what about Crazy Balloon? It's, I, it's, Vip sent us a video and he showed us doing the first level. He made it look effortless. He was actually going through one of the areas that gives you a certain amount of points, coming back out of it, going to another area, going through that point, coming back out of it, and going to the end. and going. So he gets like maximum points on each level. Mm. He was just bree- breezing through it with his stupid breezy balloon. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's very, it's, it is definitely a Marmite game, isn't it? Yeah. It just kept making me jump when the balloon popped. Yeah, that is a problem. I didn't enjoy it. Anyway, John Battles on Key. Good work, chaps. Love the Dr. Zeus parody. Oh, yeah. I did not play it in a car. I will not play it at the bar. <laughs> I used to read it to my kids. He said, it's so much more fun than Janet and John, Peter and Jane. Boring stuff I was forced to read as a nipper. I disagree with this sentiment as far as Crazy Balloon is concerned. It's another guy who likes it. Yeah. Zeus trivia for the pendants like me is that pendants. Pendants. Pedants. Pedants. He's, he's not something you put around a, around your neck with a chain. He's put pendants here. <laughs> he meant pedants. Oh, you you pendants hanging around necks like a <laughs> medallion. <laughs> he's not a pendant. We've met him. Anyway, yes, he's, he's a pedant. Apparently, you pronounce Doctor Zeus as Zeus. Doctor oh. Zeus. 
I did not know this. No, I didn't. I did not know this. Hang on. After I found out, I adopted this, of course. <laughs> but no one knows who the heck I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure. Oh, also, he's moving on now. I'm pretty sure Krull is on the Gottlieb hardware. We messed yes, that up. We is, messed yeah. that up. Sorry, listeners. We didn't know what we were on about with Krull. I get mixed up between the Gottlieb and the... Oh, I've forgotten the name of it now, but the, the hardware that did Tron and all those games. I always get confused with those two. I get mixed up with coffee and milk. Do you know what I do? What? I put the coffee back in the fridge and the milk in the cupboard. Nobody puts coffee in the fridge, you weirdo. I know, it's strange, isn't it? Mm. Just, I'm not wired up, right? Carry on! Uh, John says, John says, I have a few of these mahoosive boards to help keep my Mac 3 running, this Gottlieb hardware boards. Okay. And then he's put... Oh, it shared the main PCB with the Three Stooges too. Have you played Three Stooges? It's a weird game, isn't it? I think, obviously, it was a, a very big series in early American TV history. I don't think oh, we... Oh, God, have, yeah, they're hilarious, yeah. I don't think we ever had it. I know the Three Stooges. They're crazy stuff. Yeah, there's... The game, I think, is a little bit like Food Fight, if I remember rightly, but three players. Right, right. Mm. And then he's on about digging his BBC micro out because you've reminded him of it. Definitely, definitely do that. Some great games on the BBC V. Thank you, John. Stuart Tracy Time Warp Arcade. It's a long name. <laughs> Thundercross was one of my first boards twenty years ago. Sure, it's one. Of, it's on one of my multi boards. So dying to give it another go. I think Stuart won the ISIS cabinet I was bidding on eBay. The swine. <laughs> I wasn't really seriously bidding on it anyway. So I hope he has it up and running very soon. I've been watching him on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. And he's been restoring it. Uh, and he's got the same problem with me. I think it's, the monitor doesn't work and there's a bit of uh, mouse bits in it. Mm-hmm. A mouse nest and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully he gets that uh, restored soon or gives it to me. Mm. Mm. We're going to have to go and see him, you know, Time Warp Arcade in Bristol. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But next time I'm down that area, I'm definitely going in. You say it was Bristol? Mm, uh, not Bristol, Bridgewater, near Bristol. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. Mm. Alex Chucky Egg, who's been very ill recently. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll so give a shout-out later for that. Yeah, get well soon, mate. It's for a great podcast, guys. I have to say that I'm with Alpha One on this one, and I think Crazy Balloon is a good game. Frustrating, yes, but you do get used to the swing after a while, and it becomes very addictive. If you like this game, try Curry, 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 Curry. I can never say this. Curry, Curry, Curry. That's the one. On the Nintendo Game Boy Advance, it's one of my favourites, and is very similar but with improved gameplay. I've seen a video of it. I think on Twitter, Mr. Septic Lemon of the 8-Bit Blog also mentioned Kuru Kuru Kururin and also Irritating Stick, both on the Game Boy. Mm. Uh, Stick game is based on an MVS game, Irritating Maze. So there's a lot of these, um, getting these oddly moved things around mazes type game. Yeah. Quite a few of those about. Ian Ski. Love this podcast, chaps. Very well done, as usual. Interesting to see two games covered. Is this going to be a regular thing? No. (laughs) I like both these games and have particular memories of playing them. Crazy Balloon, I first played on a cocktail game in my friend's dad's army and navy shop. It had a downstairs part and randomly had this cab to play. That was when you found games everywhere, like laundries and cafes. Okay, the graphics are basic, but it has decent gameplay. If you played Earthworm Jim 2, the blind cave salamander level reminds me of it. Well, you have to float around inside a lung, I believe it is. Weird. Anyway, decent enough for an early game. 
I first played Alan at a fairground. Most games were were played at fairgrounds rather than arcades. I thought it was a good version of Galaxian. Really liked the chief, the chef boss, <laughs> the chief boss. I remember it swooping down fast, but this could have been a bootleg board. I'm pretty sure it was in a jammer cab, not the dedicated one. I recently rediscovered Zero Hour also in the Cosmic series. It's a quirky but pretty decent shooter. Universal gets a bad rap, and there are some sketchy games, but also some very good ones. It's interesting we had so many dedicated Universal cabs in the UK. I don't know if they were made here or shipped from Japan. Certainly some of my favourite cab designs, though. Thanks again for the pod. Look forward to the next one. Well, Electrocoin which is a UK company based in London, imported a lot of Universal games or they made their own cabs licensed for Universal games. So I think that's probably why from Universal. Yeah, right. Darren Domination of Retro Domination. Awesome episode. Okay, Vic, I'll give Turtles another go. Give Turtles one more go. Because he's on about Turtles. Turtles. I played it earlier and it's a lovely game. Yeah. Beautiful. Also, Satoru Iwata's first game he ever created because we were on about the Nintendo cartridge that has been found, Yeah, was Star Battle. Yeah, Star Battle on the Commodore VIC-20, a Galaxian clone. Oh, cool. Nice one. Boom. Uh-oh. Well, Biscuit Wars have flared up again on Twitter. Yeah. Do you, you care to elaborate? This was Mrs. Tenpence put a, a photo of some excellent biscuit selection. No, she put a trash talking rubbish custard creams bourbons malted milk and the nice biscuits someone's got a word nice or was it rich tea no they were nice biscuits nice they're not though why don't they just put rubbish on them but what you put is (laughs) when when she bought them you made her walk 10 paces behind you in the supermarket i said said, you carry them yourself i'm not putting them in my basket (laughs) get away from me woman that's what i said oh dear Yes, she did buy a ton of biscuits. I did have a few of them with coffee, though, but on their own, they're nah. Oh. Anyway, it started off a massive biscuit wars again. So <laughs> it always does. <laughs> you can find that on Twitter. It's still there. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Who was it? I'm sure I was talking to Pete Hahn the other day from the Galloping Ghost on Facebook Messenger, and he was saying even his wife likes the podcast, and she's not particularly into arcade stuff. And I think it was Pete and his wife said about cookies and biscuits and he had to explain because in america a biscuit is something quite different it's like a savory scone you have with gravy and it is delicious chicken and biscuits are amazing biscuits and gravy for breakfast is amazing let me tell you this it's amazing anyway i might try because i love gravy you're northern of course you do so custard creams and gravy our northern gravy might be worth a bit of a try. Look at that face I'm pulling. <laughs> no! Next time I go to a carvery, I'm going to take a pack of custard creams. <laughs> Just dip them in. Yeah. Anyway, come on. So, Damien LW, uh, loving your podcast and sense of humour, sad to find Cosmic Allen has no sound on my GP2X Canoe Whiz. Does it on newer MAME? So he's playing it on a handheld. I've got one of these. I've got a GP2X. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's fine on... I think you've got to have samples on MAME, haven't you? You have, yeah. yeah. So these these sounds can't be re- produced in software, so they have to sample them and then use samples. Mm. So, Damien, if you try and get the samples for it, see if the samples actually work on the GP2X. Uh, I'm not sure if they do or not. I've used my GP2X for a long time with MAME, so try that. I reckon there must be some kind of... Um, alteration to the ROMs when you have to trigger sounds because 
like on say asteroids and space invaders all the ones that need samples yeah. when you press a fire button you can have to put some instruction in the rom to play the sample I, uh, i'm not sure how it worked mate but what i would think in my in my tiny brain is the signal that tells the PCB to make the sounds, instead of going to the, the part of the PCB, which would make the TTL sounds, it just goes to the, the sample, I would have thought. I wouldn't have oh, thought it right. loses any any clock cycles in between to give you lag, I don't think. Oh, right. I've never noticed any of those old games being slower at all. Oh, that does make sense, yeah. It's only my, my idea. I'm sure one of these uh, clever sorts out there with a huge brain will tell us what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Please, please let us know what happens with sample triggering in Mame. Anyway, Maximum Power Up tweeted that we were number seventy nine in the iTunes Game and Hobbies chart. Yay! Is that is that is, is, is that, that good? good? Is that good? I don't know. Is it good? I don't know. That, they think it's good, so it must be good. Number seventy nine. Scott Hattle. Oh, should we call him Titfer? Why? Tit for Tat Hat. It's London Roman slime for Hat. He's Hattle. <laughs> so, tip for Scott, tip for Hattle. Thanks for churning out such a quality podcast. If there are a number of them in the queue on my device, then yours is shot straight to the top. Oh, thank you. Thank you. In previous episodes, you've mentioned you prefer the LeafSpring original type arcade buttons. Mm, sort of. My question is, where do you source yours from? The MicroSwitch variety are so plentiful on the web, I'm struggling with the good ones. Thanks, Scott Hattle. Ah, he is Lucid Sprite Mare on the 10p scoreboard. Oh, yeah. Thank you for playing, Mr. S- Mr. Spritey Mare. Thank you very much, Titfer. Mm. Scott Titfer, as you're now known. Listen number seven. So I think to conclude that section, we've had a bit of a telling off about our treatment of Crazy Balloon, haven't we? Sort of, but... Um, mm. nah. Anyway, let me, just, <laughs> let me just answer Titfer's thing first before yes, we go, go on to the next Sorry. bit. Mm. You can get leaf switch buttons and the actual leafs at most pinball places because pinball machines still use them. So you can get brand new leaf buttons and switches from there. But I also found a place called arcadeshop.de, a place in Germany. And they have quite a selection. They haven't got all the colours, but they've got quite a few of them, all brand new ones. You can get them from there. But just a slight addendum to this, Mm. my favourite type of button is what I've put in my new, well, my restoration of my sub-electro ISIS cab. And it's a leaf switch button, but underneath that is a little unit that holds a micro switch. So yeah. as you hit the leaf switch button, it hits a micro switch. So you get the really soft throw of the button with the clickiness of the actual switch. And this is my favorite way of using the button. You're sort of utilizing micro switches and leaf switch buttons at the same time. Yeah. And old Nintendo cabs like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Popeye, Mario Brothers, all that lot, and a lot of the tabletops and also Taito cabinets has had this they used this as well so that's the way they used to do things back in the old days and that's what I prefer you can hit the buttons really quickly and it's quite yeah. a satisfying click to them as well mm. so that's the way I like to do it I'll put a picture up um, of the back of my control panel so people can see what I mean oh, that's I sent you that picture didn't I yeah well, I didn't know what it was because I hadn't heard of those yeah yeah let's do some Shout out! Mark Singletary for offering some Intellivision duplicate carts to me. I have given him a list of the ones I'm trying to get hold of. So that'd be nice. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Davo 
Dave Orton, sent me a message with some good advice on my poorly Battlezone monitor. I will keep that advice, Dave, in my back pocket when I tackle the Battlezone after the uh, Subelectro Isis is fully functional. Thank Ooh. you. I'm giving a shout-out to Dan Smash, who started his own podcast called Smash Talk with Ooh. a guy called Gus Fu. Oh, and it's all sorts of gaming from modern to retro, and that's very—it's very funny actually. It's, it's worth a listen, so check that out. Smash Talk on SoundCloud. Oh, okay, okay. Alex Chucky Egg, my old uh, co-presenter and friend, who's been in hospital, was rushed into hospital after having acute appendicitis, and he's not going to get out to about Tuesday. I think the mm. appendix appendix may have broke, split. I don't know. My brother had this, and it's not very nice. Mm. And it leaks all sorts of toxins into you and makes you all meh. So the poor bloke's not been doing very well. I sent him a few messages. Hopefully he's getting okay, and hopefully he better listen to this while he's in hospital. Yep, get well soon, Alex. Get well soon, you. And a big shout-out to the Maximum Power-Up lads for raising over £220 for the Macmillan Cancer Research by doing a 24-hour gaming stream. Nice one, guys. That they streamed onto YouTube on... PS4 games. I saw them playing one of the Madden football games. Yeah. Why were they torturing themselves with American football? That perhaps is part of the the test. Might have done. They passed with flying cars. Well done, guys. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. Any more from you? No more shout-outs for me this time. I've probably forgot loads. Mm. Oh, right then. Oh, I have. Oh, oh, go on. Did we say on the last episode... That Mark Singleton was waiting for Gauntlet to be rec- to be recognised as his official world record. It was the official world record. We got news just before the podcast. But we got it, did we? All yes. right. I couldn't I remember if sent, we got it or not. I also sent Mark a message via Facebook Messenger asking if he was any good at Gauntlet too. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Why? And I said, well, <laughs> get a PCB and you'll be the world champion then, son. He was like, oh, yeah, okay then. So if anyone knows anywhere they can get a... Gauntlet 2 original PCB. It'd be nice to get one for Mark. Mm. So he can do the world champion. He'd probably do that easy. You can do Gauntlet. And they're very similar games. But Gauntlet 2's got a ghost, uh, got a dragon in it, hasn't it? I don't know. It has. It's good. I used to play it on the NES. It's an awesome little game. It's at Arcade Club. Gauntlet 1 and 2 are next to each other at the moment. Ooh. We could just do it on there and do it, couldn't we? Yeah. If he's got a day spare. <laughs> yeah, 12 hours. Okay, let's go on to one of my sections. And this is tech tips this is a quick quickie tip on how to remove rusted up nuts from dome headed screws in my case the carriage bolts holding the coin mechs on on my isis coin door right you notice there's a bit of a, a bit of a thing to these i usually do tech tips of things i'm actually going through at the moment i was doing this last night Mm. So that's where I get my tech tips from half the time. I tried to undo the dome-headed screws from their respective nuts, and the nuts were rusted, so the dome head was just spinning around. Whatever I did, I could not get any purchase on the head of the bolt. It's only about a 4 mil bolt, but it's, it's an imperial size, so 3 sixteenths, something like that. But it's only about 4 mil diameter, so the heads were only about 7 mil diameter. They're very small and domed and smooth, so pliers couldn't hold onto them while I undid the nut with a socket drive. In this, in, in this instance, the carriage bolts and nuts are toast. So it doesn't matter if they get destroyed in the removal process. You will be replacing them with nice stainless fixtures. Well, I will. You have a few options for defeating these skanky old nuts. Yeah. Number one, drill them out. Get a power drill and a small drill bit to make a small starter pilot hole in the center of the dome. 
Start slow and keep the drill as central as possible. After you have a small indent, go in with a 3.5mm-ish drill to drill through the dome and then the head will fall off, allowing you to remove the remainder of the screw. Just pull it out of the back. Right. Number two, grind them off. Use a small abrasive cut wheel on a Dremel-type tool. Other handheld power tools are available. <laughs> the problem with this is you may not have much room to get into the bolt or you may damage the coin mech plate which you don't want to do number three make yourself a nice pair of flats on the dome or a screwdriver slot in the dome get your dremel type tool and grind on a nice pair of flats either side of the dome or a slot down the middle to get a pair of pliers around the flats or a flat bladed screwdriver in the slot so you can undo the rusty old nut Mm -hmm. number four use easy outs easy outs or ez outs are a set of tools for removing broken, or in our case, awkward screws. You drill a small hole in the dome of the screw, or broken off screw, whatever you're removing, and insert the point of the easy out. It looks like a twisted solid metal tapered bar with a socket end on. You then use a socket handle to turn the tool. What it does, it bites into the hole and t- the anti-clockwise and unscrews the thing. Right. In our case, you could just hold on the easy out tool handle and undo the nut with your socket set. Mm. So there's four different ways of doing that, but what the actual moral of this story is, if you're still having trouble and the nut is very tightly rusted on, spray on some WD-40. Other WD-40s are... Hold on. I don't think you can get any other brand of WD-40, can you? Don't think so. No. Leave this to soak into the threads and it should help free up this old rubbish. If you turn hard enough, the head will probably break off anyway. If you're having problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 problems, but a rusty screw ain't one. <laughs> I used to file a pair of flats on the domes and held them applies while I'm doing the nut with a socket set. Worked a treat on Friday night when I was stripping down the old coin door. Brilliant. Bosh. Are Sorted. we Are we not doing any rusty nut jokes? No. Well, this is issue this is podcast number sixty nine. Mm. We shouldn't. We'll let you let the listeners make their own jokes with rusty nuts and sixty nines. Mm. Yeah. Right, we have some musical interlude, and this is Thundercross Level Two music, which I only heard for a very brief amount of time. Do you know why it's Level Two music? I don't know. Because we played Level One music of Thundercross way back in podcast forty nine. I knew mm. I'd heard this music before when I switched the game on. Ah, cool. Okay. Mm. So this is the level two music, which I really enjoy all the music on this game, which you're going to find out in a minute. Press play on tape.
Yeah, that sounds pretty jaunty. Like that. Mm, I like it. I like it. Right, here we go. Featured game review. This time it was my choice, and it was mm. Thundercross from Konami, 1988. Controlled with an eight-way stick and two buttons, 320 by 224 resolution, horizontally scrolling, shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Powered by a Konami CPU, whatever that is, and the yeah. Z80 CPU, both at three megahertz, and the Yamaha M- YM2151 sound chip. The processor, apparently, is a 052526. What a snappy title. Oh. This is the same hardware as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, dear. <laughs> as I said, this is a horizontal shooter with many similarities to Gradius, or as we call it in this country, Nemesis. The game has seven stages. Mm. Taking place in the future of space colonization, the planet Hanaimu 4 is under attack from a relentless unknown military force known only as Black Impulse. <laughs> I'm trying to do some background stuff. It's not so good, is it? Yeah. The strongest Earth ships capable of stopping the total conquering of the planet are the Blue Thunder M45, Player 1, and it's an earlier make, the Red Thunder M24, Player 2. Mm. Okay, so... That's the story, anyway. It's great, that story, whatever that Ooh, means. Yeah. It's great! Power-ups are gained from the shooting the Brond cap... Brond? Oh, dear. Bronze capsules that fly onto the screen, much like they do in Gradius. You've got speed-up. You've got Vulcan, which is a faster kind of normal bullet. You've got that boom. is logical. Yes, that's a Vulcan. Mm. You're shooting Spocks. You've got boomerang bullets, which bounce all over once they hit a surface, and you've got twin laser, which also shoots behind you, which is essential on later levels. Then you've got the options, which double your firepower, like they do on Gradius. So you you can have up to four options, or multiples. Yeah. Mm. And the difference with this game is the second button actually spaces out the options at different intervals. So you can all, once you've got four options, you can literally cover the whole screen in bullets. But what happens when you're moving them around? You get killed because you're not concentrating where your flipping ship is. That is the problem, isn't it? Because mm. you've got so many bullets and there's other power ups that you get. Once you've got the four options, then the the bronze capsules spit out specials. So there's a, a macro laser, a nuke bomb, and a flamethrower. And you collect any of those, and your secondary button does not space out the options anymore. It fires this secondary weapon. Yeah. So you've got macro laser, which is huge lasers, nuke bomb, which is just a massive kind of wall of explosions in front of you. Explosions? Explosions! And flamethrower, which is a flamethrower. Well, four- Can I say something about the weapons? Go on. The boomerangs are laughable. <laughs> not on later levels when you're in tight spaces, they're not. I only got the special power at once, and the only time I got on level two and died as soon as I pressed the button. Okay. So I didn't have much experience of these special weapons. You've not played it much then? No, it's rubbish. Oh, you're joking. No. So after, after you get the four options, and you, like I said, you can get these three power-ups. But after you get these three power-ups and there's another load of a, the capsules come on, if you shoot those, you get a little question mark power-up. Yeah, can... so the question mark is, why are you playing this? <laughs> question mark is, is, is 5,000 points. 5,000 points? How much? It's quite a lot. And sometimes... You get a one-up, which is an extra life. 
That'd be pretty bad though, because that just make the game longer. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the levels, young man. I like this game. Level one is a subterranean cave. Yeah, you're not system. right. It's a subterranean look. It's a subterranean cave system with turrets and ship. You know, they're monster generators in Gauntlet. Yeah. Well, this this game has ship generators. It does, and it doesn't push out boats, it puts out flying ships. Yes, so destroy them generators basically to get past. It has volcanoes like the level in the, one of the first levels in Gradius, but they're upside down as well. Yeah. Yeah, and they they spit out like purple rubbish and you dodge them. I've put here, get V before S for more fire. But, oh yeah, if you get the Vulcan power yeah. up before you get the speed up, you get more firepower, but oh. you, there's a there's a an order to the to the power up. So I'll explain that later. Bosses are destroyed by shooting the bronze diamond in their bellies. Oh, belly bosses! They're the worst kind. The level one bosses are right, Git, mm. but I found an easy way to kill him. As the level one boss appears, you you stay exactly in the middle of the screen with your options spread right out, and it wobble around the bottom of the screen, and then it'll open up. And your bottom option should be able to shoot him in belly. Yeah, they've got they've got to open up before you can hit it. It's, it's only vulnerable when it's opened. It's opens his little hat. Yes, and then he's he'll got like a sort of hat on. And then he'll they'll sort of go into the screen. He's got like a he's like a squid with one tentacle, isn't he? Kind of. Ooh, thing. that sounds painful. <laughs> it is, but he'll it go. Reminds to... me of loads of these kind of shooters bosses. Mm. They've all got tentacles, haven't they? Yeah, it'll go to the back of the screen and you can shoot him and kill him. But people are having problems. If, you, if you're not in the middle of the screen by the time you get to the end boss, he, he can sort of sort of hover all over the screen. And this tentacle wraps around his body and you cannot shoot his belly. Oh, right. That's a bit of a bug, isn't it? And in the end, he just, he just clears off if you can't kill him after about a minute. He just goes. Oh, right. He just goes away. But all the points in this game are on the bosses. You get a hundred thousand points. Hundred thousand for that. Every boss you kill, as opposed to about fifteen thousand points doing the level. Mm, so if for score, it's essential that you kill them. Okay, tell me about level two then. Level two, you're flying over a knackered city. It is. Knack- That's where you grew up, on it. Is it? Oh, city. I grew up in knackered village. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a knackered city. <laughs> oh yes, this I described how you got the one up before, but yeah, if you kill if you collect all the power-ups you're at max power then you collect either one of the specials in this level you get a 5k bonus and the next bonus that comes along is a one-up and it normally happens when you're flying through the middle of a skyscraper you you blast your way through the middle of a skyscraper and it's outside so the other side Oh, I didn't get it. I got that bit and then got killed afterwards. Damn. There's, what a shame. Oh, no. <laughs> there's quite, I've put here, quite attractive mid-level boss. Oh, oh, she's a looker. Oh, is she? Oh, she's a looker. End of level boss is a mis- misshapen rectangular blob. That's quite disappointing, that boss. Huh. It's like a big, big blob full of sort of bass relief metal. Blobby stuff. Yeah. Level three. If you thought the city was knackered, this space station's really knackered. You're flying through the yeah. middle of it. There's bits of debris flowing everywhere. There's blue. They even look like thrusters or exhaust ports that you've got to shoot to disable to get past. I don't know. Never got to that level. All this is new to me. Oh, my word. The background on this, I think it's a bit messed up. We'll talk about the. It does crash quite often, this game. Oh, dear. 
I found this is a main thing though, not an actual. Yeah, it is. So. It is. Yeah. So you can't complain really. The background on this is all purple and glowing with holes in it. The boss has extending arms, a bit like. <laughs> A bit, a bit like a Stretch Armstrong. Do you remember Stretch Armstrong? I do remember Stretch Armstrong. How did you have a Stretch Armstrong? I didn't have one, but loads of people I knew had one. How long could you stretch? You could stretch him for miles. Oh, about 17 miles, I think. <laughs> level four. The entire level takes place on a mahoosive clamping spaceship in the sky. A camping spaceship? Or clamping. It looks like, oh. a, big, looks like a big clamp. So if you look at my hands, listeners, it's doing this. It's going up and down. Up and down. And you're in the middle of it. So you've got... Not like a tent, then? No. Okay. Not, nothing like that. If you have maximum power on this level, it is much harder as enemies fire a lot more bullets. I've been ah. discussing this with uh, Stacy King on Twitter, and he reckons the same. More mm. firepower... It sort of adapts to your firepower, which is quite common on some shooter ups, isn't it? Where if you yeah. play well, it gets harder. Mm. So the, the baddies fire more and they fire at more accurately. And then the ships attach to this clamp and start shooting at you like little installations. So you've got to keep clearing it. If you let three or four of them build up, the screen is full of bullets and you are toast. Oh dear. Pick them off before, yeah, too many attach. Use the option spacing astutely because you're in tight spaces. You can use the option to completely cover the area of the bullets. The boss is a gun at the far end of the clamp and he just shoots down the clamp and you kill him. Quite easy that, actually, mm-hmm. the boss. Level five, you're inside some sort of spaceship, a maze-type level. This is where it's getting more like the later levels of Gradius with the the very confined spaces. You can certainly tell that it was the same company that made the different games. Yeah. It's almost almost like an offshoot of it, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. You get a little Ed 209 type guys that fire missiles at you. You have to kill these immediately or the screen is full of homing missiles. Lots of backgrounds to negotiate here, a bit like a maze. Mm-hmm. Boomerang bullets come into their own here because you shoot oh. off you shoot off of the corners and you just there's like rows of baddies that drop and you just wipe them all out with these boomerang bullets. Okay. Boss is a spiky ball with strange lasers. As it always is. I bet he's got rusty nuts. Mm, but he has. <laughs> Level six is a lava cave filled with lava bullets and blue baddies. Level fills up with the green rock formations, and there's tiny little gaps in, in the middle. The gaps, some of the gaps are smaller than your ship, but your hitbox on your ship allows you to go through it, even though the top and the bottom of your ship is touching these. You know, I the did edges. notice you can scrape your ship. And yeah. not get killed sometimes. You have to shoot these like rocks and they sort of shudder down and you go past them and they shoot back up again. Monster generators are here as well. And the boss is a diamond-shaped fire and lava spewing jerk. Ugh. Spewing up lava. Yeah, if you've got enough... Sp- well, you only Actually, you only have one speed up on this game, which is another thing I like. You can't get too fast. And- yeah, that, that kills it on Gradius for me. You get too yeah. many speed ups, it's awful. You can't control the damn thing. So you sp- you shoot this guy, go over his head, he cut, he goes to the left-hand side of the screen. As he's moving back towards the right, over his head again, shoot him in face, he's dead. Mm. Level six, you're inside a right posh space station. This is a real nice one. You know, this is the, level seven, I believe. Uh, it is, actually, yeah. <laughs> ah, see, I was listening. <laughs> I've put a lot of effort into this. You know, They've decorated it really nicely. You're attacked by a huge pack of jetpack astronauts from both sides so if you don't have the twin laser 
the ones that are coming from behind you have had it you really have had it the level scrolls up and down a bit as well bombers fly overhead of you so you get bombed on and so you've got no you've got to have good bullets by the time you get here and if you do die on this level it's hard to come back with this or or any level i think it's a bit more fairer than other games Mm. Mm. the boss is a huge red transformer type guy and you you can't see the, his diamond in this, but it's in his belly. Of course. The, the diamond you've got to shoot. A little trap door opens, bullets come out, and as that happens, you can shoot him in belly. Okay. Then you get game over credits, and you just press the button to skip the credits, and you restart. So it's it's not game finished. You can loop it a few times, I think. Loop it. Okay. Yeah, so did you, did you loop it? No, very nearly. Really? Mm, I thought we'd have done this one. I'm going to do it. I've run out of time. I am definitely going to... Really? You're going to play it when you don't have to? Yes, I am. I like it. There's lots of things I like. Like, when you die, you respawn in exactly the same place. You don't have to play the whole level again. Yeah, but you can respawn in a load of aliens that have just killed you. I know. There's a big gang of them. You can start up again in the same place. I know. That's not good. But I think you start off after you've died you've got a decent amount of speed you only have one speed up anyway and you've got you've got you like you've put it a little pea shooter but it's it's enough mm. to survive for a few seconds n- until the first option comes mm. i think and then when you have that other option you can build on it i'm all right with just just them two options the just two bullets i'm okay i can survive with that oh no mm. the biggest problem this game was when you die and you have your single pea shooter amongst all the madness wherever you respawn, and usually you're in amongst chaos when you start, mm. and you're too slow. I noticed if you get killed on the bad guy at the end of level one, you can't do the game because you're too slow to avoid him. When he moves around, you can't get underneath him quick enough. It would just crush you in the corner. So that's really unfair, I thought. Right. The, the general unfairness of this game put me right off, and it was just boring to play, I think. I didn't think it was unfair. I think when, a lot of these games, a lot of the horizontal shooters, suffer from that problem where you respawn, especially on Gradius. You're so slow, and the bullets are so crap, you've got no chance. That's exactly the problem I had in this game. I think with this one, you've, the, the craft, you've just got enough speed and enough firepower to survive for a few seconds and pick up them power-ups again and start up again. Yeah, but the, the two problems I had was the main thing when, when you start back again, you're so defenceless. And the other problem I had was when when you, you're moving your options around, you don't really totally notice what's going on with your ship and you usually get hit by a bullet. Mm. And halfway through the middle level, when that thing turns up, it spews the bullets all over the screen. And you've also got stuff on the top throwing bullets down at you and stuff on the bottom throwing bullets up on you. It's almost impossible for me. Mm. I found it so difficult to get that that first bit. And if you lose a life there, you're totally knackered because there's so many bullets and you've got such a slow little ship with one puny little firing bits of sweet corn at the enemies. <laughs> it's just rubbish. Let alone a pea shoe. It's sweet corn and mushy peas you're throwing at them. Oh, I, I do like it. I just have a word about the power-ups. The first power-up you get is an option, which doubles your firepower. Mm-hmm. The second one that you shoot is an S for speed-up. If you leave it, it will change to a V for for double Vulcan bullets. Yeah, they slowly change into the other letters, don't they? Yeah, so you get more firepower with the Vulcan bullets. But okay. you don't get another option until you've collected that speed up. So you've got to collect the speed up to get the power up chain continuing, if you see what I mean. 
Okay, yeah. So you get the options, and then you can you can get your B for Boomerang, T for Twin Laser, V for Vulcan. Collect all them till you're maxed out, and then you get your three super weapons, specials as they're called. I found all of them all right. Some of them are a bit not great, but I've, I found all the bullets are okay. Yeah, I thought the boomerangs are totally pointless. Yeah, you need them maxed stupid, out. Stupid, stupid, bouncy rubbish. <laughs> and I've put a message here. Yeah, adaptive difficulty. I think it does adapt to how you're playing. If you get, oh, yeah. if you get to level three with maximum bullets, and it's quite as loads of, loads of baddies. And this is the bad thing. It kept crashing a lot with me. It started off all right, then it kept crashing, so I deleted my main config file and started again. Yeah, did that help? No, it freezes normally for me when I've finished a baddie and it's transitioning to the next level. You land on like some futuristic freighter, don't you, that takes you to the next level. I don't know. (laughs) And it crashes. Okay. I've, I started this just this morning. I started playing version three of the ROM, which looks exactly the same. Yeah. And that hasn't crashed yet. Well, we weren't to know this, though, were we? No. Bit of a shame. Never mind. So tell me some of your play. Well, tell the listeners some of your play tips and tricks. I'm never going to play the game ever again, so I don't care. Right. Because <laughs> you tell. Right, kids. My tactics are to use the twin laser and the macro laser special on all levels except level five, where they use the boomerang if possible. I most of the time I pick up these special weapons, even though they can be worse than the weapons you've got. But you've got a chance then of a five thousand bonus coming along after and a one up. Okay. Yeah, most points come from defeating the bosses, a hundred thousand each. This that is a bit unbalanced. So you go through the level. The first level you can get maybe forty thousand if you get everything. Yeah. By the end of the level, defeat the boss, you've got hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit the, the, the... The scoring is very, very basic, isn't it? You can't like shoot a chain of of enemies and get a bonus at the end of it, or anything like some of the more modern games, mm. which might have been a bit helpful, more helpful. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty eight, weren't it? Because I was getting, I think my top scores were like thirty eight thousand at first, and I I played it last night and I completed level one, and obviously you get the hundred k bonus, and I got a bit more points. That was me done. I thought, right, that's slightly more respectable than what I had before. I'm out. Oh, dear. Drop drop the mic, boff, on the floor at that. (laughs) Victor has left the building. I've left the building. Right, this this next tip is an obvious one, but concentrate on the bullets not hitting your ship. It's easy to get... Really? It's easy to get distracted by the four options because they're as big as your ship, especially when you've got the macro lasers and stuff. Yeah, I did get... You just get... get, You get quite confused. They they should have made them like a darker colour so your ship stands out. Where, where am I? <laughs> I don't know where I am. So you've got to. Am I in the shop? <laughs> you've got to oh, oh, I'm doing a podcast. Am I okay? <laughs> you turned into an old lady, Vic. I did a bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So just keep an eye on your ship, especially when things are getting hairy. Don't bother about what the options are doing. Just try and survive. Yeah, like you said, my biggest gripe was getting hit while I'm looking at the options, but. If you move the options for certain positions, you can kill the enemies as soon as they hit the screen because usually they come in in two formations, top and bottom. And if you get that spacing correct, you can kill them off really quick. Yeah. It's just getting them up and down. It, it would have been nice if they were auto-adjusting so they, they moved around on their own like some games do. That'd be too easy, that. It would be a bit easier, I think, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
But I'd like that <laughs> on this particular game anyway. You've got to learn the levels and when to space the options, like as you said, you know, to clear the top and bottom of the play area. Because if you leave them spaced right out, the, the weaving batters will just go through the middle of them and shoot you. Yeah, but when you get four four options on the screen, you can have a big wall of lasers and not a lot gets through that. No. But then it is quite distracting. You see these huge bolts going from the front and the back of your ship and you don't notice anything hitting you because there's so much going on. It was it did get messy on the screen, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that is a, a valid criticism, I'd say. Hmm. There is an order which power-ups appear. Yeah, I've already said that. And collect the special power-ups, I've already said that, to, to get the 5,000 point bonuses which are very very much needed in this game yeah so what do you think of the graphics and sound vic on this awesome piece of software well you like all this lot don't you Mm. and you say parallax scrolling yeah it's got that which is new at the time i suppose (sighs) colorful ish the music i didn't really listen to to be honest with you because i was too busy concentrating on the playing the game but when you listen to music out of the game it's very good it's very Mm. good sort of YM uh, synthesized music, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. And you said excellent and memorable. Mm. What was the game called again? <laughs> Thunder Crunch? Thundercats. I of Thundera. Yeah, I did game. notice some of the lasers sounded suspiciously like the Gradius or Nemesis lasers as well. Mm. I think they may have borrowed some sound from down the hall at Konami there. Mm. Perhaps they did. Hmm. Uh, for me, the game, I can sum it up with a meh. <laughs> okay, then. Just bored me a little bit. I didn't hate it. Just a shooter. I tell you what is better. Mm. Thunder Dragon. Vertical shooter. Yeah, I've got that, haven't I? Because on, my, on my, um, my main setup, if I press number two, which is two-player start, which I did by accident, and I pressed one, it started playing that and I thought, this isn't the game I'm supposed to be playing, but I had a go of it anyway. It was way better. It's a much better game. I've got that PCB. You gave me that. Oh, is that the one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, hey. yeah, it's Woo. a great game, yeah. I'm glad you like it. Mm-hmm. Tell me some scores. How scores. do we do all the scores? Was I know... really second bottom? Yeah. Ooh. Andrew Driver, 36,000. I don't care. <laughs> Vic, 151,660. Well played. Only because I did level one. That's the only yeah. reason I got that score. Stacy King, 191,000. Tagster, who's Sean Tag from Australia. Thanks for listening and thanks for playing, Sean. Oh, new, new player. Excellent. Yeah, well 294,000. Well done on your score. Ross, Ross, Ross. He's got, th- he's got another Ross. He's got three Rosses. He's been Rosses. upgraded to three Rosses. Well, he was at our K Club of the week and we were beating him. Peace, Bat Rider. 301,000. Ian Cullen, 304,000. Well done. Zipper, 419,000. Wow. Vip, 545,000. Well played. Right. This really is, well, that man. It's very close. He's next to Paul McCaskey in third place with 937,840. Oh, good score. Second place is me. Just beat him. He, he was coming back all week. I'm, well, well played, Paul. I got 943,740. And I've nearly looped it. I'm going to loop it. I am definitely going to. And Charlie Farr with 1.5 million. 1,504,640. Who yet again is showing his complete class as a player. Annoying class as a player. (laughs) So, yeah, he's got 50% more than anybody else. Well done, lad. And I'm going to loop it. It's my mission. Okay. You, You have earned the right to be alone. Thanks. No problem. 
playing your rubbish thunder crap crap whatever it's called I don't know. <laughs> crap <laughs> thunder cup- crap thunder 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 crap crap Anyway, cabinet art was a kit only. Manuel says it was a CPO marquee and side decals. Boring. I, f- I found some pictures, very poor quality, and it looks like a very dark kind of space scene on the marquee. It don't look very good. Does not. There's different marquees, you know. Is there? Maybe different distributors did it. I found quite a light coloured blue one, and there's a quite a dark one. Right. So I put the light coloured one on the website. Oh, look, I have not seen that. Yeah, it was a kit. It was 1988. I think a lot of things were kits back then, weren't they? Mm. Bit of a dull one, unfortunately. Mm. I'll tell you what is nice. Them kits from Asda where you make your own enchiladas and stuff. They're good, aren't they? Yeah, but they look rubbish on an arcade cab. Make a right mess. They probably would. Mm. All that sauce in your joysticks. (laughs) Right, this next section is called Trivia. Trivia? Trivia. Is that like trivia? It is. The legendary music Horizon by Olaf Blazer Gustafsson, found in many Amiga crack tros of early 90s, was actually a cover version of the first level music from Thundercross. Oh, okay. Mmm. So that's, it's very famous music. From Hardcore Gaming 101, this is one of my favourite sites. It's great, very good. It's great for shmups it, mm-hmm. and other stuff, but shmups especially. They, what they say is there are two different versions of this game. The secondary version is heavily dumbed down as it removes the rapid fire and all secondary weapons except for the Vulcan. You, mm-hmm. only, you always have two options at all times, but you can't reposition them. Instead, you have a limited quantity of bombs dubbed little babies which are really just the same as the napalm power-up explosions the level order is different too it's heavily dumbed down in a much worse game if you read the u.s flyer on the arcade flyer or archive 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 if you read the u.s flyer on the u.s oh calm down if you read the flyer the u.s flyer it definitely describes that dumbed down game so i wonder if the u.s only got the dumbed down version of Thundercross. Do you know what ROM version that is on main? Because I would like to try that just to see if it's any, if it's better or worse. I don't think it's any worse. It can only be. I've been playing version one and version three, so it can only be version two. I'll have a look. Okay. There's four versions on main. One is the Japanese one, which I've played, mm-hmm. which SM Raid is suggested to play because it'd be harder. But I think it's the same. Okay. I think they're all the same. But yeah, try version 2. That might be the US one. Oh, we'll have a look at that. Yeah, I'm interested in that. The Thundercross Konami arcade game soundtrack was released on CD in 1989 in Japan. They had a load of CDs in Japan, didn't they? They're, they're really into the game in music. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Yeah, a lot of them got official releases as well. They're quite collectible, those CDs. Mm. Hard to find as well. Quite expensive. On the CD, it also contained Ajax, Salamander, Hot Chase and Gradius 2 music. Oh, cool. Ports, sequels, and Lee Gassy. This is poor. Mm. This game is poor enough. When they put it on the PS2, it was just a MAME hack with no options. Mm. So you didn't even get your multiples. Sorry, no options being no configurable options in the menus. Oh, I see. So they did quite a rubbish version of it then, you mean? Yep. Mm, very poor. There was a sequel, obviously, because when a game's this good, you do a sequel. <laughs> Thundercross 2 Arcade. Well, that'll 19- be another one I don't have to play then. <laughs> 1991. I've not played it yet. It looks no, all right. Neither am I, ever. So, I think I know what you're going to say here, but what are, are your overall thoughts and improvements on this game? I could 
sum this up in one word, but I'm going to be intelligent, slightly intelligent, and, mm. and give you a sentence. Yeah. Too hard from the start. No. It is. No. Halfway through the first level, it's basically a bullet hell, or level three on Gradius. The first level should have been much easier. A ten-year-old Victor would have kicked the cabinet and walked away. For it's never to have my shillings again! <laughs> You've got to clear the level, haven't you? It does get hard if you don't clear the top. Right, let me put it this way, right? Remember when we played Viewpoint? Yeah. I could do the first level on Viewpoint without losing a life. Mm. I couldn't do... I only did this once, the level, without... With, actually, I did lose a life on it. I didn't do the first level at all without losing a life. And Viewpoint is rock. There is a couple of sticky situations on this, but it's, as long as you kill the... You spread out your options and you kill the top and bottom guys, anything coming through the middle, you can handle. You can spread out your options. I'm not. I'm keeping my options close to my chest. <laughs> right. My overall thoughts. Obviously inspired by Greg. I love it. A very slick and well-presented shooter. Let down a bit by the uninspired boss designs. They're not good, the bosses. They're just like squares and diamonds and stuff. Mm. Difficulty level is fine for me, although if you don't clear the turrets, like I said, it becomes really hard. Mm. Great music. The scoring could do with a bit of work. It's a bit unbalanced because you get all your points at the end of each level. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's not a good thing, that. Mm. Mm. So, Thumbs down from me. Thumbs up from me. You can stick your thumbs anywhere you like, as long as I have both silly games again. <laughs> so that's a winner. Right, next one. <laughs> Cabs you never knew existed. Yeah. Now, this is one of two things linked in the next two segments. This is the Nintendo Play Choice 10 bar top. Wow. Ever seen one of these, old son? No. No, you won't have. This is a rather rare bar-stroke countertop cabinet. I've never seen one in the flesh in the UK or US, and I don't know anyone who's ever had one either. Even Mr. Alex Chuckyak, who's Mr. Nintendo himself, he hasn't got one of these. He'd love to have one. He actually, Alex, thought he bought one of these once, and he showed it to me, and I said, that's not a bar top, and he actually realised he bought a bar chop. Mm. What he bought... He found it. It was only. It wasn't about thirty pounds. It wasn't very much money. I think he laughed when he found out he made a mistake. He bought the top half of a Play Choice Ten. You know the, the bit with the small monitor. Yeah, yeah, I remember he that. that. And someone had chopped the top of a cabinet off completely mm. and bolted the control panel onto it. <laughs> it's actually in my garden still. We, I, I stripped it for bits in the end because it was no use to him. It had no bits in it, so yeah, it was just awful. But this thing, this bar top, it uses a 13-inch monitor. I saw the insides of one online, and it uses a Wells Gardner monitor in there. It also uses a PlayChoice 10 PCB, which I presume can take all 10 carts in there. Right. The cabinet is small and looks like someone made it out of kitchen units. It's like a stone effect colour, like that speckled colour. Yeah. And the top of the cabinet is quite thick and has a large radius beveled edge like a kitchen worktop. The monitor is set slightly to the left with a Coimec to the right of that. The two-player control panel is done in a white and grey mesh effect with small selection stroke start buttons on the face underneath the monitor. The oddest thing about the whole cabinet is the tiny weeny joysticks. They look exactly like a joystick we'd have got off a radio-controlled car. There's yeah. really skinny ones, like an analogue joystick, but it's, it's digital. Or a Vectrex, looking at that picture. Yeah, yeah, but Vectrex was... was, uh, was 
analog but yeah they're very very thin little things sort of indented yeah. skinny little lolly stick thingies i would love to own one of these oddities just to not let alex have a go of it because <laughs> i'm evil like that <laughs> no i'd let him have a go of it. yeah really odd little machines but quite nice looking things mm. i've always wanted to make one of these i have actually got a spare new old stock brand new 10 inch monitor oh. a proper crt one so maybe I'll get some little silly joysticks and make one. Mm. But you'd put proper sticks in, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have them things. No, I'd have little silly ones, make Would it look you? daft. like Yeah, make it authentic, definitely. Right then, on to the second linked segment. This is Hardware Heroes. This week... It is a Nintendo Play Choice 10, mm. the actual hardware system that went in that bar top. There were 54 games released on this hardware. It consisted of a motherboard with 10 cartridge slots on it, similar to the Sega Megatech and Sega Mega Play, which is Master System and Mega Drive based. Mm. The Play Choice 10 runs on a Z80 at 4 MHz and an N2A03 at 1.789772 MHz and display res of 256 by 240 with 52 colours on both screens. Yes, this thing used two screens on certain cabs. Mm. There are a few different cabs. One had two 19-inch horizontal screens, one had a 19-inch main screen and a 10-inch upper info screen, same as the twin large screen version, and a bar top and normal Nintendo DK-style cab were released, with just one screen and a button to toggle between the top info screen and the main play screen. The single-screen PCBs are different to the dual-screen boards. I even read there was a Play Choice 5, too, with five slots. All right. Stop press. When researching the Play Choice 10 bar top I just spoke about, I found out that we in the UK got two other Play Choice 10 machines, a Player's Choice single-screen cabinet made by Brent Leisure and a dual 19-inch screen massive monster by good old Electrocoin. Right. The hardware was heavily based on NES hardware, but the colour palette was different because the arcade hardware outputs RGB, red, green, blue. You can steal the PPU chip off a of PlayChoice 10 and use it in a NES to get RGB output. People were doing this a while back, but a NES solution has been made since. It doesn't need the PPUs anymore. Right. People were nicking all the PPUs off of these and Nintendo Versus boards using NESs, which is a bit of a waste, really. Yeah. There were eight different types of cartridges. These were actually unhoused PCBs that plugged into the PlayChoice 10 motherboard via an edge connector. There were nine different cart PCBs. You could not use NES carts. So nine, not eight, sorry. You can't use NES cartridges. Well, you can burn hacked ROMs onto EPROMs to use on the PlayChoice 10. And I think someone even reverse-engineered the BIOS to enable you to play NES games via an adapter. Right. The games released for this system had counterparts released on Nintendo Versus system, but the Versus system games were subtly different. For instance, on Balloon Fight on the Versus, the screen scrolls upwards for a screen or so, whereas the NES and the PlayChoice 10 versions are a static single screen. So the PlayChoice, the Versus games were slightly better, I think. They're differences. Yeah. You also inserted, inserted coins for time credits, changeable via dip switches, and you could also quit and pick other games at your leisure as long as you had time left, so you didn't have to just stick to one game. I remember the No Quarter podcast reviewed the PlayChoice 10 and were baffled as to why Nintendo released NES games in the arcade with odd colours. I'm inclined to agree with them, though. 
I always think that playing games in an arcade cab is the best way to play them, though. But, yeah. Yeah, why did they do it as a commercial venture? I mean, we do it at home because that's what we want to do. But as a commercial venture, people had NES in, uh, in home. If they're going to go to an arcade, they go and play a driving game or a gun game or a, you know, a game you wouldn't get in the home. So I don't know why they did it. Odd. Well, do you know when I help James Retro Games party out and he does these events all over the place and we take some machines to certain nightclubs and stuff and they yeah. and the younger a younger generation than us, say twenties, mm-hmm. mid to late twenties I'd say, play the games. Yeah. The, they have a big massive selection of James's games to pick from, like a hundred on this list. And every single time they have picked the Play Choice ten. Really? Yeah. Every single time, and it's heavy, and I and you know the game that gets the most play on it. No. Duck Hunt. Oh, with the gun. Yeah. There is a novelty in that gun game. It's a daft game. Yeah. I suppose people remember it from being a kid, don't they? Yeah, and the Sega Megatech gets picked a lot as well. Hmm. It's weird, isn't it? I've actually owned a Megatech once. We'll Mm. talk about that one day. There is a useful Play Choice Ten site I found. Uh, I'll put show notes. Link in the show notes for these. It's uh, canekid.com. And here are some also fun facts from Phil Nez for Life. The Goonies was never released in PAL format for the Nez. So this is the only official available version in the region of the play choice. Mm. Contra only arrived in PAL regions as Probotector. So again, the play choice is the only official port for PAL regions. Hmm. It's one of the few games that I like better on the NES than the Arcade Contra. The really? Arcade Contra is not not great. I don't ne- like the game anyway. I've never liked Contra. NES Contra is quicker and nice feel to it, I think. Right, I've never liked the game. It was released as Gryzor on the 8-bit computer. Yeah, it's got a right complicated history, that game. Yeah, I played it on a Spectrum. I didn't like it there either. Awful mm. game. Right, we are coming towards the end. We are careering towards the end. Wow! So next show's game Mm. is one of mine. Yes. And I've been threatening to do this for a long time, and I wanted us to play together and do it, but I'm going to choose it. Mm. The next show's game is Sky Kid Mm. by Namco. All options on dip switches set to off, no buying credits, three lives, extra lives at 30,000 and 90,000. The main ROM is a new version, and I will be playing on arcade hardware because I own this PCB. Very good. In fact, I've got to go in the loft and go and grab a two-player control panel for my pony, mm. and I'm going to pop it in there. Me and Vip can play it over the weekend. Yay! Do you know this is the second horizontal shooter in a row then that we've played it is but this is a right to left shooter it is it's we i've had five minutes on it and the thing that immediately strikes me is it's fun it's definitely namco and it's got the mappy kind of it must have the same sound chip in as mappy sounds exactly I, the same i've got a feeling it's the same hardware yeah so yes looks sky really good kid, kids so, uh, sky kids sky hey. kids kids Disapproving sheep. Well, thank you for coming on, old son. And thank you for editing this week Mm. for me, because I've got things to do this weekend. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Please go and play Sky Kid. Send us your scores. Yes, thanks for listening, kids. And thanks for reminding me, Vic, that I am editing. That's I would have forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, kids. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.
You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 